Hello and welcome back to Recovering You. Guys, we are so excited for this episode. We are going to be trying to just scratch the surface of the topic today because it is so deep. You could spend years of your life studying this topic, which I feel like I might need to do. Uh, and and it, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be a wasted amount of time because all it would do is set you up to be a healthier, more complete and controlled and confident person. The topic I'm talking about is the monster, also known as boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. Part one. Part, yeah. Part, <laughs> part one of seven. No, <laughs> yeah. this is not a Harry Potter series, but it could, it's, it could be. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of content to it. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Harrison. I'm once again joined by my co-host, Chris Sexton, and we are so glad to be here to once again impart our little bit of wisdom into your lives and hope that it can bless you in some way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and uh, I think at, by the end of this part one of Boundaries, uh, I think you're going to be as excited about this topic as we are. So let, let's start off because boundaries, I think, mean different things for different people. When we're talking about boundaries as it applies to addiction recovery and the relationships um, within addiction recovery, what, what, what does that look like? Or how, how do you define what a boundary is, Cameron? So when, when my initial thoughts when I think of a boundary are thinking of like a property line. I mean, I guess there's, there's, two, there's two ways I go about it. But yeah, the first example would be thinking of it as a property line that everything within that property line belongs to you. You control what goes on in that property line. You control who's allowed into that property. You control what goes in, what goes out. Um, and a lot of the stuff I, I want to, sorry, let me jump backwards for just a second here. A lot of yeah. pretty much all the information I've gotten from boundaries either comes from personal experience or the book boundaries by Townsend and cloud. Uh, now, if you're looking for some amazing literature that gives awesome modern day examples of how to instill healthy boundaries in a relationship, not only do they have their general boundaries book, but they have boundaries with children, boundaries in relationships, boundary. I mean, they have boundaries to cover basically every facet of life. So I highly recommend, I mean, kids, I said you could dedicate your life to this. These people have dedicated their lives to studying boundaries and it's just chocked full of knowledge. So Anyway, jumping back to, and I'm guessing they can find that on Amazon or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually listening. If you're cheap to like it. me, go, go check out your library. Maybe that, get it for free. That's what, that's what I'm just going to say. It's, <laughs> I'm listening to it on my drives to and from work um, as an audio book, just from my uh, County library. So nice. Nice. But we do own the book as well. Uh, my wife and I got it to take notes in and stuff when we were starting to patch up and repair and learn how to have a healthier relationship together. Nice. Yeah, that's so, the downside of audiobooks. You can't write in the margins as easily. Right. So. right. You, by the end of your drive, you've forgotten all the thoughts you had while it was going on. So, yeah. So, but going back to the, the, the property line, if you think of like having a gate in front of that property line, that still allows things to come in and out. It still allows for, for processing of information. It allows for you to accept help for you to get rid of toxicity. You, you have to have movement because, because if you completely wall yourself off, then you haven't set up boundaries. You've essentially set up walls. And so boundaries have some, have some mobility to them. If we don't want someone, for instance, like 
Chris, can I come up to you and slap you in the face? Would you be, would you be, would you be okay with that? (laughs) I I wouldn't be okay with that. I don't think you'd like the, I don't think you'd like the reaction either. Right. Right. So you've just established a boundary against me. That's, that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think it's fair, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a nebulous or vague topic when you just throw the word out there, but but as you, if you spend a minute to think about it, like we are, it's, it's pretty intuitive, right? And it goes back to a little bit what we talked about last time about healthy versus unhealthy. Each person kind of has that, that intrinsic sense of what's okay for them and what they feel good about and, and what they don't feel good about. Um, you know, for example, I can walk up and kiss my wife and she's okay with that. But if the mailman walks up and kisses my wife, you know, I hope she's not okay with that. And I'm definitely not okay with that. Right. It's how we manage the interactions that we have in our day-to-day life, both with ourselves and with other people um, so that we can, we still feel good. And so that's kind of how I would frame it up for people is it's, it's that feeling of what's okay for right. you with, for yourself and what's okay for how other people interact with you. Right. So let, let's, let's jump into that right there, because I, I love what you just brought up, the boundaries with self and boundaries with others. So let's, let's start with boundaries with yourself. When, when I think of boundaries with myself personally, so th- this is just my own example. For instance, I don't allow myself to be in certain situations where I know my values could be compromised. Yeah. Um, I, would not, I would not go hang out by myself with uh, someone of the opposite sex. Like I, I wouldn't go to the movies with one of my friend's wives. I wouldn't, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put myself in a scenario where even if I had zero intention of anything bad happening, that doesn't mean that I haven't created an atmosphere where something bad could happen. So I have to set that boundary against myself. Well, and Another- I think that's especially important as a recovering addict is addiction totally demolishes any sense of boundaries that you may have had. Right. right. It's right it just pushes you straight through them chasing that that higher that feeling that you get from engaging in your addiction so so it can, it can be a concept that's very foreign as as you're trying to get a grasp on on recovering who you are who you're supposed to be and and recovering from your addiction right uh, and you another way go ahead yeah yeah i was just going to say another way we list this in the in the addiction world is like having a no goal by having a no goal you mm-hmm. are placing a boundary on yourself so a really popular one, especially amongst addicts of pornography is no taking your cell phone into, into the bathroom or no yeah. being, no being isolated with a screen in front of you, period. Yeah. That, that you just, you don't do that. And we call that a no goal, but it is 100% a boundary. It's there to prevent you from allowing something into your space in, in your gates of your house that would be detrimental to the health and safety of yourself. So I, I love that example. As you think about, as you've gone through the years, have your boundaries evolved? And, and can you, could you kind of give one or two real life examples of, hey, when I started out, these were important boundaries for me as I was working my recovery. And this is kind of how my values have evolved today. You know, you gave the example of no no phones in the bathroom. One, that's gross because toilet water goes everywhere. But two, you know, you're definitely it's an isolated space, right? You're you're disconnecting from from the people around you when you go into the 
into the bathroom and, and that can be a vulnerable space as, as you're entering recovery. That sense of disconnection can, can leave you vulnerable to engaging in your addiction again. So I love that one. Um, any others that come to mind um, that, that might help our listeners say, oh, okay, this is, some, this is maybe a boundary that I should set for myself and kind of jumpstart their brainstorming for their personal boundaries. Yeah, something I have, um, something I've, I've stuck with ever since my D-Day is I have not allowed myself to um, get any female's phone number to communicate with, whether they be members of the same ward and church, um, whether they be my, my friends' wives, whether it be babysitters, I, I don't take the phone numbers. And if and, and, I, some... and I can attest to that. that you, you guys were at our house, uh, what was it, two weeks ago? And you were going to line up a babysitter so you and your wife could go on a date. Yeah. You said, okay, I'm going to text the dad. And I thought, text the dad when, you know, but I love that. So even something as innocent as lining up a babysitter, you, you have this boundary that you don't, you know, I'm not going to have any girl's numbers on my phone. Right. And there are, there are those extenuating circumstances where, you know, someone says, Hey, your kids want to play at my house. Can I just have your number real quick so that I can contact you to, you know, if there's an emergency or anything. And yeah. when that's the case, then, then my secondary boundary there is I immediately attach their number to a group text with my wife. And I only Love text it. it within that group. Love it. That's genius. Good. Write that one, one down folks. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> one. That's a good example. Um, so, I mean, that, that's, that's probably the, the clearest one that, that came into my mind. Um, have you, have you had to put boundaries on other people? Um, you know, I, I don't know that this one applies to you, but some people who, there are different addictions that go hand in hand, right? right. Um, if, if our listeners are struggling or, or fighting um, the good fight to bounce back from sex addiction or pornography addiction, um, there might be something else where, you know, I go out drinking with my buddies on Friday. And so I've had to put a boundary on them to say, you know, don't invite me or don't, you know, I'm not going to go. Have there been instances where you've had to put boundaries on other people that you have noticed, you know, if somebody else does this to me, or if someone tries to engage or invite me to do this kind of activity, I have to say no, or I have to modify that. Otherwise, I know it's going to open me up to have a relapse in my addiction. So I and how do you do and how do you do that? Right. Because that could be weird, I would guess. Yeah. I mean, it, for, for them, right? Here's, well, here's my, here, I'm handing out my card of rules of how to interact with me. <laughs> I mean, it, it can be, it can be weird for you and them because your whole focus is, I don't want to hurt their feelings or make, I don't want sure. their, their opinion of me to change. Like we focus so much on what other people think about us, but that in and of itself is a boundary that you can place is by me having boundaries and understanding boundaries, I understand I'm not in control of what other people think or say or do. How they act has nothing to do with me. And yeah. so I, I don't allow love that. You know, I, I don't allow love them that. to come through the gates of my property and demand service, demand yeah. my attention, demand my food and my water and a place to sleep at night. If, if I want to invite them in, that will be my choice. But if they want to stand outside the gates and kick and scream and throw a fit and threaten me, that's their choice. But I'm not going to allow that into my space. Love that. 
I love that. Uh, a question for me that that I think is key in this is is the question of accountability, um, because boundaries are important. Um, how do you hold yourself accountable to your boundaries, um, and has that changed over the course of your recovery? Um, are boundaries something that should be written down? Something that you discuss with your therapist? How do you how do you enforce those boundaries or hold yourself accountable to to live by those boundaries? Uh, yes to all those. <laughs> you, <laughs> you definitely should be writing down kind of what your boundaries are. Not number one to kind of be able to reflect on them and what your thought process was at the time. And number two, to be able to see how you grow and how you, how you move through life and where, how you're able to see where like, okay, I had this boundary up for this specific purpose. Now, what I was going to say before, maybe I did say it. I was I was on the receiving end of boundaries a lot more than I have been on the uh, giving out boundaries. Okay. Say more um, about that. The, the giving out boundaries has, has come more as a, um, as I've gotten healthier in my own space and recognized where precarious situations are in my life. I set up boundaries to avoid that. Yeah. However, when I first, when I first started getting into recovery and everything, my, there were boundaries placed on me by, my family, by my wife, you know, my, my therapist helped me understand their boundaries. So how do you respond to that? I mean, cause that's gotta be foreign too, right? That's, that has to be a very intentional discussion. I would think, um, you know, there has to be a time where you sit down and, and the person says to you, your wife says to you, your therapist says to you, I'm okay with you doing this, but not this, this is off limits until, you know, we're not going to hold hands until we reach a certain number of, until I'm okay with it or, until you've gone to a certain number of meetings or you're not allowed back in the house until right. you know, you've gone and through the confession process or, you know, it'll be different for everybody, I would guess. But how do you respond to that? Or how, how did you respond to that? And has your response to boundaries being placed on you changed over time? Cause that's, I would guess that's gotta be a little bit uncomfortable for, for both parties at, at the beginning, right. To say, look, I, I can't have you do this anymore, or this is what I expect. Yeah. Um, well, my good friend Aretha would say it's all about R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was kind of what the what the whole conversation with my with Cody was about when I started talking to him about like she's she's pushing me away. She's giving me all these rules to try and create distance. And it's only hurting us. And I'm afraid that she's just going to get so comfortable being distanced from me that she's just going to permanently stay away. Now, if you've ever been separated from someone, I, I guarantee you've had that thought process sure. that this distance is only going to drive us further apart. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. What I was told was, no, what they are doing is creating a safe space where they are able to heal. And they're asking you to simply respect that space that they have created. And yeah. to do that, it's essential. It, it can be sitting down and having conversations of like, okay, here's the rules. You're, you can come over after this time and have the kids for X amount of time and they need to be back by this time. Um, we aren't going to have any, and these are, these are things that, that my wife has, did tell me and did put boundaries on me. She said, when you do come pick up the kids, there will be no serious conversations. There will be no physical touching. Um, you will come in, you can stay in the front room. Uh, the kids will come to you. You'll take them out. You can come home, drop them off at the door. And, you know, basically just everything was laid out really clearly. And as much as that hurt, what I, what I had to do was 
not push, not try and find a hole in the fence that I could sneak through, not try and manipulate those boundaries. I had to give myself up completely to the respect of her needs in order to heal. And by doing so- You kind of have to take that at face value, right? You can't be thinking, you know, she says she only wants me to come into the front room, but I bet if I went in and washed dishes, she would, that would really score me some brownie points. (laughs) You, You kind of have to take what they say at face value, I would guess. Yeah. If I had crossed that boundary and gone in the kitchen to do dishes, she probably would have said, I asked you to please stay in the front room. I didn't yeah. want you coming in to do dishes. Absolutely. Yep. I, I gave you a boundary and you crossed it. So now once again, my trust in you is faltering. Yeah. It's not about <laughs> what I think is going to be best for them. It's me respecting what they have already established as best for themselves. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So how do you know? So the other people get to decide, right? What, what boundaries, other people affected by your addiction get to decide boundaries for themselves and how, how that's going to apply to you. But how, how do you discover what boundaries you need? You know, we've talked about, we've talked about the example of, you know, you, you figured out, I can't take my phone into the bathroom. That's a boundary for me. So for people listening, was there like a mental checklist or how, how did you become aware of what the needed boundaries were for you so that you could make, um, progress in your recovery you know if that's something that a therapist helps with if that's something where you sat down and said okay i over the last six months i have looked at porn here 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 and here under these situations so i know that i can't stay up later than my spouse i can't take my phone to the bathroom i can't take i can't have my laptop open when i'm waiting for the airplane i mean you know, a, a little bit of self-awareness here, I would guess, goes a long way. I don't know if there's something more yeah. formal than that. I mean, it, it's a process that you kind of, you learn as you go, as you're kind of walking the border of your property and actually setting up that fence line. That's when you're kind of discovering, okay, this, this is where this is where access points of weakness would be. This is where I need to reinforce. This is, and it's not something that you can sit down in a session with a therapist and say, here's every boundary that'll keep me safe and I will never mess up again. It, it doesn't work that way. It's, yeah. so you really have to be not only patient with yourself, but you have to be forgiving with yourself. And, you know, as, as much as it would frustrate someone else for you to cross their boundaries, that they would say, hold on, I asked you not to do that. I, I lay the boundary out there. You're, you're breaking my trust. You have to say kind of the same thing to yourself. Like, hold on. I shouldn't have done that. Or I guess we don't use the should word. Sorry. My bad. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I, I hadn't, or I, I don't prom- want to do that I again. Promised, yeah. I promised <laughs> I wasn't going to do this. You know, I, I, I promised I wasn't going to just sit in my car alone and allow myself to be tempted. It's a uh, get in the car, turn it on and go, you know? And now that I've done that, I need to remember that I still can't trust myself in this scenario yet. So I need to amp up the measures of defense right there. I need to reinforce that boundary a little bit. Uh, there was a time that, and, and this still happens when I'm, when I'm having a, a really high emotional day and, I, and I'm battling a lot with my, with my uh, impulses that I will call my wife and I will be on the phone with her as I walk to the car and as I get in the car and I'm walking her through what I'm doing, I'm like, okay, I'm in the car. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm leaving the parking garage now and she'll, she'll look me up on maps to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm being truthful. And I don't take that as a sign of, she doesn't trust me. I take it more as a, she's watching out for me. She's making sure to, you know, she's being the, the, the guard tower up there. And that's, and that's how you build trust, right? It's, it's right. not so much her distrusting you. It's, it's an effective way. And, and I think it's wonderful that you two have gotten to the point where she can be a part of your right. routine, a part of, um, you know, helping you maintain your boundaries. And, 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 oh, and I would and, guess and like we talked about, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Just, I don't want to lose this thought for those of you listening. Uh, when you first get into recovery and Chris and I have mentioned this in conversations a lot that we want to keep bringing this up, but it, it continues to slip by us. Your spouse should not be the one that enforces your boundaries on you. She should not be the one that has to make sure that you're keeping tabs on everything that you're doing. She has her own journey of healing. She establishes her own boundaries. And just like we, we talked about the property lines and you can't control how people act outside of that property, you are the person outside of their property. Yep. So they are not going to come outside their property or allow or allow your behaviors to come inside of their boundaries because they have their own stuff to deal with. I mean, Chris just mentioned that my wife and I have this awesome relationship that I can call her and say, hey, I'm in like a code red right now. I need to be watched like a hawk. Can we just stay on the phone? And she's happy to do that. And like he said, it builds trust. It lets her know that when I am struggling, I'm going to reach out to her. But this is three years after D-Day. Yeah, I was going to say, this is years in the making. Yeah. This, is, this is not something you do right after your D-Day. This is not something you do right after you've confessed to your spiritual leader, this is to get yeah. to this point, it takes years, Yep, you know, Absolutely. years of, of work and healing. And once you get there though, it's awesome because like we talked about last time, tr- you have to act to build trust. And this is one way that you're able to do that. So I think that's, I think that's fantastic. So just, just to, just to cap up on this episode, we're going to dive into this a little bit more in part two. Um, cause there, there's so many different facets and some, and different examples that we can give on establishing boundaries, how to respond to boundaries, how to pick the right boundaries. What I think we can take out of just this first part and what you should focus on this week is, um, understanding that boundaries are not punishments. They're not, they're not ways to make you hurt. They are ways to create space for healing. And that that's where the respect comes in. If someone is, is willing to place boundaries between themselves and you, that means they are willing to tell you how best to love them. And that is something we should respect and honor that that they're willing to stand up for themselves and say, look, if you want to love me best, I need you to keep your space right now. I know they haven't, they haven't given up on you. Yeah. Right. Right. They're they're just saying, this is how I'm going to respond best to our interactions. I I really love that. And, and the fact that we can see that in our in our relationship with other people and appreciate and respect those boundaries. We should then look inward and say, if I believe that to be true, and, and you probably do, then it should be true for yourself that you're worth loving enough to set up boundaries to care for your spirit, Absolutely. to care for right. your own self, your recovery. Um, so it's an act of love on yourself too. It's not saying that you're weak, even though we're all weak, we all fail. There's no shame in that. Um, so you, you set up those boundaries for yourself and, and until our next episode on boundaries, I'm, like I said, I'm a simple kind of country boy, um, makes me think of, I don't know if this is general knowledge or just country knowledge. 
cows will walk around their pasture and they'll lean against the fence looking for a weak spot. So, so do that, you know, take, take a minute to go lean up on, on your fence and your day-to-day routine and say, where are the weak spots in my routine and what boundaries make sense for me um, to put in place here so that I can really feel that love for myself, take care of myself, um, give the relationships and people in my life a chance to, to grow back and heal and uh, make some real progress in, in this journey of recovering who I'm supposed to be. It's interesting that you say that when you talked about the cows, I thought of it as there's going to be people that walk around your fence and lean on it to find out where yeah. your weak points are. <laughs> it goes so both ways. Absolutely. It goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Well, this has been great. Part one boundaries. Uh, make sure you turn in, turn in, tune in <laughs> for boundaries. Part two, we're going to go uh, dive deeper on this. And uh, we're excited to just keep uh, filling up your toolbox with things you can use uh, on your journey to personal recovery. Awesome, guys. See you next week.